This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody, welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every live cast, every Wednesday live cast brought mm-hmm. to you live here by Frontline Gaming. Hello, how many times can I say live in one sentence? You know, you think We've been by, live a few times though this week. You think about by episode 619, I would have gotten it down, but I don't. No. True professionalism. What is this? What year is this number that we've done? We've done. What year is this? It's 2018. No, I mean, well, yeah, but sometimes <laughs> I have to be reminded that. Seven, seven years seven of podcasts. Years. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. We, uh, we we started with a ten dollar microphone from Walmart. Uh-huh. Frankie's uh, like nineteen ninety seven laptop. Yeah, and uh, here and we bus. are in a, in a very heavy bus schedule. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we've come a long way and still can't get the intro exactly right. But you know what? That's part o- of the charm of the show. Or the outro. Yeah, that's the <laughs> The outro has never been good. Uh, so at any rate, folks, this is a signal from the front line. Your every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. Uh, where we talk about 40K, Age of Sigmar, tabletop gaming in general, mm-hmm. often tell bad jokes. I'm your host, Reese, sometimes known as Reeseus, mm-hmm. not, to be, do, not to be confused with the dastardly Reeseo. Right, who was foiled this time, unfortunately. Yes, his Machiavellian schemes to undermine everybody to have get, failed. To get Tau out of the game. Yeah, just once and for all. Just hasn't worked. Yeah. But he'll keep trying. True. Uh, and with me is my co host, Mr. Jason. Hello. Also known as a. You know, you have so many different... Let's go with Clown Baby. Clown Baby is fine. Clown Baby Rock That'll today. Be fine. That, that was when you got kicked off bowls and you had to come in with a new moniker. That's true. Moniker. That's where all... If you guys don't know, that's where all these <laughs> stupid names came from. Is when, back when forms were a thing, which I, I guess they, they still, they still are. are to an extent. Da- but Daka Daka still gets a ton of web traffic. It's it still was very different popular. though. It was. Back in the day. But anyways, I used to get kicked off a lot. And so I would have to like create yeah. new names. And that's how all these names came about. And the funny part is, too, is when people come at me with that silliness, like, well, you know, I post a lot on DACA. I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, go check my post count on DACA. <laughs> yeah. It's like 20,000, 16,000 or something like that. Like, I was extremely active over there. It's just like back in the old days. Just girls are just hanging off you. Yeah, no. I don't, <laughs> if that was true, I would be the yeah. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. of of. Have of you seen my forum post count? Yeah, right. If yeah. that worked, I'd be... I'd be in the Rat Pack, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't, pro tip. Yeah. Um, back in the old days, though, DACA used to be the place to go yep. for hardcore, like, no baloney 40K, uh, how to get better at the game. Um, the White Dwarf called it the shark tank of 40K. Mm. It was, like, flame-tastic. It was really fun, but then uh, it came under new ownership, got massively more popular, and then the blogosphere kind of exploded. And sort of simultaneously, a lot of the, um, I don't know, some of the, the like the, the core contributors all kind of went off to go do their own thing or they just moved on with life. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot different now than it used to be, but it's way more popular than it used to be. It's just a little bit, I don't I think that the, the potency of the advice has been diluted quite a bit over on a lot of those forums that are still alive and kicking. But they still have, there's still good reasons to go. There's still, they still have good content to offer if, depending on what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But uh, at any rate, 
this podcast brought to you by Frontline Gaming, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. We have free shipping options within the continental United States for orders $99 and up. And we have cool stuff like the secondhand shop. Check it out. You can get screaming hot deals mm-hmm. on used models. We'll also take your used models off your hands for store credit or cash. Uh, one of our neighbors is an engineering firm next door, and uh, they, they're all nerds like us. And uh, one of them came over and he picked up like, I want to say a thousand points of Ravenwing for like 180 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a stupid screaming hot deal. Yep. So if you're in the San Diego area, you want to come by Frontline Gaming. Uh, we have better deals in store than we can even advertise. A lot of our overstock is just screaming hot good deals. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can go browse the secondhand shop before it goes live uh, online. So enough of the sales pitch. We got to do it to keep the lights on. But let's talk about what's new and cool in the Games Workshop universe. Uh, Wrath and Rapture has been announced. It's going to be coming out uh, in the relatively near future, probably <clears throat> pre-ordered this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Really exciting stuff. Um, there's new corn models, uh, including the uh, uh, Karnak and uh, new corn dogs, which uh, those have been in resin or metal forever. Mm-hmm. And the new plastic ones are brilliant. Right. Really cool. New fiends. That's we have not seen. Yep. The Fiend model is one of the ugliest models I've ever seen. It's bad. And now it's they're bad. in plastic and they're gorgeous. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny too, because we've been saying this forever. Fiends are stupid good mm-hmm. now. Yeah. They're insanely good now and nobody was using them. Frankie was like the only person yeah. that was using them. I We tried to convince our friends that were playing Chaos. We're like, dude, try Fiends. Mm-hmm. Like, they're ridiculously good. Yeah. Uh, and people are like, oh, no, I don't know. And I'm like, now you're going to see them because the models are better. Yeah. They're going to point drop. It might also have been the models. They were expensive. They're they were hard to get. They're usually out of uh, stock on yeah. Game Shop's website because they're resin. Um, yeah, Frankie, actually, he has a Slanesh list, and he's the only person I've seen actually play a pure Slanesh list, and it is brutal. It's brutal. Super, and then it it's down, on you, turn one. There's it went down like 200 do. points. Yeah. And like the, the the popular opinion online is that Slanesh were really bad, and mm-hmm. the statistics do bear that. Um, so it's that's not like just empty griping. There was some truth to it, but I don't know what what they were they were doing differently than Frankie because Frankie locally was. He has a list where I've I mean he wiped me out in a turn and a half. And that There's was your nothing. that was your like super good Castellan. That was my uh, no uh, that was a different list, but it also had it was a good I had my normal good list with it. Yeah, and uh, the reason that fiends are so good is if they engage you in melee, you can't fall back. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't stress. It's like witches, yeah. It's, but they don't, there's no chance of failure. It's automatic. You just get stuck in combat. Mm-hmm. That is so good. It's unbelievable. I can't believe more people weren't using them already. Mm-hmm. Now, with the points drop, new models, you're going to be seeing them more frequently because people are going to take another look at them. It's unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Imagine this, like, use your imagination. Any scenario, especially against a screen, like if someone's got a screen around their army, the fiend comes in, tags them, you charge them with another unit to avoid the fiend getting killed. Uh, all you needed to do is just survive. Mm-hmm. Now their whole army is clogged up. They yeah, can't move the demonettes walk in yeah. and just clean up and they'll yeah. just slaughter anything they touch. So it's really good. Yeah, fiends are ridiculously good if you're a skilled player. So um you know i think we're going to be seeing more of them and then of course there's some of these brilliant new models the new uh herald of slanesh playing the harp that's a guy mm-hmm. straight out of hellraiser wow very cool i love it it is so dark and disturbing and just i don't think that one's going to make it into the kids uh cartoons i don't think it is yeah you know what jason i would say that that model is pitch perfect terrible 
Thank you. I'm surprised I don't hey, see that in the show. Come notes. on, yeah. give me some, give me uh, some for that pun. That was great. That was okay. The delivery was off. All right. Well, there's nothing I can do about that. Uh, really exciting release. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Karanak, very exciting. Very exciting. Uh, so this is really cool. The demon line hasn't gotten a ton of love. Uh, mm -hmm. the, besides Nurgle, Nurgle's been got a Nurgle, yeah, that's true. But uh, Slanesh especially hasn't gotten touched in quite some time. So this is really exciting. Uh, there's an article up on that the That was funny. What? This is really exciting. No. Really? You're going to give me that? Slanesh hasn't been touched in quite some time? Come on. That was, Come that on. was unintentional. That was better. That was better. Yeah. I think it was funnier because I didn't even mean for it to be funny. But now Slanesh is getting touched just the way. Touched just right. They like nah, it. Nah, see, we can't, can't plan force it, it. No. You can't force yeah. it. Really excited for this release. Um, keep an eye out. Uh, Warhammer Community ran an article which we shamelessly reposted on Frontline Gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, and they outlined some of the, the rules and fun stuff that's on the way. Uh, and of course, this is usable for Age of Sigmar and 40K, which is really exciting if you play both games. Mm -hmm. Now that they're on round bases, it makes it super easy to go back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, demons have always been that bridge army where like, well, I have a demon army. I might as well try fantasy or, back, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. so. Really cool. Can't wait to see uh, how the community reacts to that and how they use them on the tabletop. So, big announcement for the Las Vegas Open. Um, there's been some clamoring around the webs uh, for uh, some, some kind of like housekeeping stuff, some updates, and uh, we have been working on that diligently. And it's funny because um, uh, right when people are starting to kind of um, ask a little bit more, I don't know, presently on the internet or whatever, however you want to put it, uh, people have been... Uh, Kind of pushing a little bit more because we're coming into that two month mark to the lvo mm -hmm. the timing is is excellent because we've been working on this behind the scenes for months now but uh, we have quite a few uh, updates not just for the lvo but for the itc in general that we've been working on for quite some time and we're hopefully the game plan is to roll it all out on friday um there's a couple of moving parts that uh, i've got you know soft commitments mm -hmm. for the other parties involved to deliver and assuming that that happens uh, by Friday, we'll be able to roll out this kind of big housekeeping update. And it's going to include quite a bit of stuff. Uh, um, the chief amongst which the most important, in my opinion, is going to be the code of conduct. Mm -hmm. uh, that has been a collaborative effort from uh, all around the world, really. We've had TOs uh, from uh, you know, everywhere, uh, head judges from the ETC, major uh, event runners, GT runners here in the United States, us, our own staff. Um, rolling out to, to, uh, that we're going to be implementing at the Las Vegas Open and it'll be uh, part of the ITC going forward. Basically, the core concept is um, if someone is behaving in a way that is not presenting the hobby in a positive light, that's making the experience less enjoyable for the other people, there will be consequences and it's going to be a collective consequence. It's not just going to be um, us saying you've been naughty. There's going to be very real um, community-enforced consequences involving like not being able to get a, a, a your ITC score for your next several events, etc. Um, and then of course, because we don't dictate terms, uh, any event in um, in the ITC is free to interpret that how they will. Although if, if the most heavy handed of the, um, you know, consequences comes to play, people may simply say, you know what, for this event, if you've got a red card or whatever, you, you, you can't come to this event. So. Um, again, no one ever likes to focus on punishment because it's lame and we're all adults. But we also know that, unfortunately, it is very rarely necessary. So we're going to be rolling that out. Um, and it's been signed off on by, you know, the majority of ITC ETOs. 
People nice. are excited for it. Yeah. People have been asking for it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we've kind of had that on the back burner for a couple months. Uh, one of the other ones is uh, we're going to be uh, rolling out the how to upload your list, which is really exciting. And then we're going to simultaneously come out with our uh, list submission deadline for the LVO. And this is something I'm really excited about. Um, for one, it's going to make it so much easier for everybody to just function in the event. Um, the list is going to be uploaded into BCP. It's going to be in a standardized format. Uh, and again, we took the ETC format as an inspiration. The guy, um, the guys at BCP are putting together a video of like, this is how you do it. So it should be super duper easy. Uh, you don't need anything other than a word processor mm -hmm. to write the list. That's why another reason why we like it. You don't have to go buy anything or anything like that. Um, and it's a, it's basically a simplified version of the ETC format. It's super duper easy to do, right? And with the video, it should be like, anyone should be able to do it. If you don't have a word processor for some bizarre reason, just go to Google Docs, it's free uh, web-based service and they have a, a word processor that's really fairly robust actually. Um, so that's awesome. And then again, the upside to that is uh, not only will you be able to see in advance what people are bringing, which is gonna be super fun because then you can go start playing theory hammer of like, mm -hmm. what's Nick Nanavati bringing? What's Sean Naden bringing? Right. What, you know, some of these, these players who've uh, earned their accolades, you can go see what they're bringing, um, makes it super fun. And then the really, really cool part is that because the BCP guys with their technological mastery, mm -hmm. uh, they've written a, a program that will read the list and that's why we're requiring a standardized format and it'll pull out data that's going to be, it's going to be like baseball level uh, nitty gritty details of like what units are people using? What detachments are people using? What factions are people using? Uh, now there won't be any more mistakes on what is your biggest faction that mm -hmm. sometimes gets mixed up with human error. Um, we're going to remove that from the equation and uh, we'll be able to pull data out of it. It's going to be extremely telling, right? It's no longer going to be anecdotal. I think this faction sucks because from my experience, I've seen them not do well, or I think this faction is too strong because in my experience, now we're going to have real real hard data. Mm -hmm. It's going to be extremely useful and very cool to see it. And we'll know objectively, you know, how things are doing. That's super exciting. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm excited. Is, we've been working on this. This is like the holy grail of, right. of, of analytics in well, competitive play. Like we've been working know, on this for years. You You're talking to a guy who writes his list on a napkin, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Five minutes before the game starts, never plays the same list twice. Yeah, that's true. So you know, it's cool. I mean, it's cool for the community in general. And I'm very happy that you guys have been working. I've been listening to it in the office, um, so it sounds really cool. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be very happy with it. You are so underwhelming, and that's true. Like Jason's always like, yeah, he'll finally win a couple games, and then we're like, dude, you got it. Yeah. Just don't change your list. Yeah. You got it inadvertently mm -hmm. radical change next game. And yeah. we're like, God, dude. That's my life though. I see something shiny. I'm like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> right in the middle of the conversation. Because you get a good one and they're like, just stick with it, dude. Yeah. Just keep playing this list mm -hmm. and you will get exponentially better. Right. Never happens. No. Never happens. Know thyself. I guess. Uh, step one <clears throat> to, uh, to recovery is yeah. admitting you have a problem. Right. right. I cannot stay with the list. <laughs> You are one of the most impulsive human yeah. beings I've ever met. So uh, in, uh, in addition to that also, um, uh, we've had some people asking for it and it's something we've already been working on, but uh, the LVO uh, terrain guide will be uh, rolling out. 
So the, the, my master plan, my, my very ambitious hope mm-hmm. is to have laminated uh, printouts that I'm going to put on the, not on every single table, but uh, on groups of tables at the LVO that shows you how the terrain is supposed to be set up and then how to play it. Um, that's a project that's going to take me a while. Uh, in the meantime, the LVO judging staff and myself have been working on just kind of like general guidelines. Mm-hmm. So we'll roll that out at the same time just to, so that people have like a starting point. I'll include some pictures in it to illustrate what we're describing. But um, basically we play the terrain rules right out of the book. But we have a couple unique-ish pieces of terrain that we use fairly frequently like um, or enclosed buildings. And those require uh, a little bit of house ruling, very minor, uh, with, with some additional just like specification on how they work. Uh, because the uh, the terrain rules of 8th edition are the weakest part of the edition, in my opinion. They, they leave a lot out. Mm-hmm. And um, we needed to take another step, really, to describe um, how do you play that. Because uh, they're pretty rare. Um, they look amazing and they're super fun. I mm-hmm. love what they do for the game. But if you're not used to it, right. it can leave a lot of question marks as to how to interact with them. Mm-hmm. And we, we really saw that at SoCal <clears> Open, <throat> where we had... A lot of people coming from uh, regions where they, they're maybe not super familiar with ITC terrain. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a little bit shocking for some people how their models would interact with the terrain. So uh, we don't want anybody to show up to the event and have an unpleasant surprise because, you know, we're in the business of making you have a fun event. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, so um, the general guidelines will be out Friday, uh, hopefully, no later than Monday for everything. Um, and then the, the more specific, like, here's how you set up, you know, Robot City table, and this is how you interact with the pieces. That's going to take a little longer because it's just a lot. It's a big project. But um, uh, that's been something we've been actively working on. So, right. Which that's, that surprised me a little bit because I heard you guys talking about this in the office uh, earlier in the week. Because um, I've always played the game where you show up, you know, okay, what's, you know, your opponent, you discuss, okay, what is that? Okay, can I see out of it? No. Okay, can I go on the second floor? Yes. No. Okay, what is that cargo container? Can I go over it? So that always seemed pretty natural to me, but I guess, you know, for in a competitive environment, it should be like people can should show up yeah. and just kind of know, you know, what is the, what are the actual crates rules are of going over them or being on top of them or whatnot or or the buildings that you have to go through and stuff like yeah. that. So that'd be and cool. It's one of those things that like that's <clears throat> that's the way most people play 40k, and, and I guarantee you. The average game at the Las Vegas Open or at any tournament, that is still the way it's going to be played, right? Because the average player is very reasonable, usually doesn't even read the pack, unfortunately. Right. And they're just going to show up and they're going to work it out on their own. They're going to play a game and have fun and it's not going to matter. Right. The only time when these rules are actually relevant is for the people who are there to compete and they want to they want to remove all the ambiguity from it and have it very defined, very... Uh, specific Mm -hmm. and I get that that's a that's a totally reasonable and fair request right so it it was funny too because in the process of working this out uh, even amongst our own judging staff I was like oh okay yeah like hills are this right Mm -hmm. and they're like well no it's I've always played it as this and then someone else was like well in our area we play it like this and I'm Mm -hmm. like yeah it's almost a a a store by store deal because everyone has their own rules and then yeah you do show up to one of these big events and you might be top dog in your in your store because you play a certain list and it works with the terrain, yeah. but then you show up and it's played a completely different way, which we did see at SoCal open. And some people were really upset about that because they had, they had built their list 
as it does really well in their particular game store or home group or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden they're like, what do you mean I can't see through the bottom floor? And it's like, yeah. yeah. And that's and that's one of the yeah. things that we kind of take for granted. We just assume people are used to playing things the way we play because mm-hmm. if you go to any event within hundred like hours of driving distance from where we're at, mm-hmm. you're gonna see at least some of the tables with ITC terrain, yeah. and you're gonna the people are playing on it are gonna know how to play on it. So it's really easy to take it for granted. Mm-hmm. But then you have someone that's never experienced it before show up, and they're like, it's a totally new experience you know it's, it's shocking in yeah. some cases most of the times it's not but you know all it takes is that one experience for someone to walk away from it kind of having like the feels bads and you don't want that to occur mm-hmm. uh, access of entry says those terrain rules will have a big effect on the meta especially the enclosed hangers uh, there's only one hanger mm-hmm. um, and that's gonna be so rare that you're gonna actually see that building i don't we might you know what this year we might yeah. just put the hanger on the narrative tables because yeah. they're gonna like they're gonna enjoy it more right uh, I was only planning on making four of those tables anyway, so the yeah. odds of and it, it became a big thing on the and internet. And I don't, I don't get the hangar thing because it's like, have you never played a game where there's a big mount, like a big hill in the middle of the board that blocks line of sight? It's, like you know, these things get blown out of proportion. Right. That's just the nature of the internet. But um, there was only going to be four of them anyway. Yeah. So the odds of you actually playing on it are like way under one percent. Right. So it was like. It, it just kind of got blown out, but it's like, you know what? Those tables look super badass. Yeah. And on, uh, on the narrative tables, people are going to just love it and they're not going to care right. whether or not unit A or B can go in. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, and it, it is kind of more of like, um, it does kind of tell a story with it. Like, I love the way it looks, man. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're like, oh yeah, we're going on. Like we're like mm-hmm. going to raid the air base or something. It's really, really fun. Um, uh, Beef Rod, uh, yeah, he says he sees the buildings everywhere in the bunkers. Yeah, that those they're everywhere, right? And yeah. just giving some people some guidelines on how to play those is going to mm-hmm. be really helpful. Yeah, K dash, um, that's actually a it's just a rule in the game. I just hope that you can no longer shoot mortars from inside enclosed buildings because shooting. Yeah, that I mean, see, it's stuff like this that makes it yeah. like wow. I, uh, I do agree with that, by the way. But that is oh, a yeah, rule in the game. It's super stupid. silly. <laughs> it like, doesn't make any sense. Shooting a mortar through a concrete bunker's yeah. roof that doesn't make any sense. Correct. But um, it's seeing things like this, like it's really interesting to see how like the terrain rules leave so much to be desired. Right. Because people play it dramatically differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's going to make a big difference in, in standardizing play, making it more easy to have a, a, a better and more fair competitive experience. Mm-hmm. The terrain is, is massively important to making that happen so it's a part of the game it is it's a huge part of the game imagine playing without the train it would not be a fun game it'd be about yeah two turns it'd be really strange it'd be bad yeah um the celia says loved the tables at socal yeah um i will say without any without any hesitation that um for a big event for a major event our tables our new tables of train are in my opinion the best looking coolest tables of train now i'm not saying that to put anybody else down it's just a little pride of ownership we've worked our asses off we literally work all year um like pretty much every single day on this right we have people who like they're literally just sitting here putting together terrain for hours and hours at a time i'm painting it mm-hmm. um, i don't paint all of it i paint most of it though and i can really legitimately say that it's raised the bar uh, but it has left some questions as to how to interact with some of the more unique pieces. Yeah. So happy to answer that. Because uh, we want everybody to show up and just 
have fun mm-hmm. and, and play their best game and not just kind of be figuring out at the table, like, well, how do I use this? That's not mm-hmm. fun. So uh, let me see any of those. I'll be on the narrative tables. Bring it on, says Axe Adventure P. Yeah, man. The hangar, the airstrip table is one of the coolest we've made. Um, yeah, and, 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 and we'll play it where it's, where it's going to be enjoyed the most because that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, uh, what books are on the table as systematic 28 yeah we'll jump into that towards the in the tactics discussion sure um but uh i think we've covered that enough okay. but if, if you're coming to the lvo and then you can expect this to roll forward into the itc uh, mm-hmm. 2019 season uh we've got all this housekeeping stuff we've been working on for mo- you know for like six months <clears throat> and we're about to roll it all out mm-hmm. and uh, i think it's going to be it's going to make the games just way more fun because it's going to take away a lot of these question marks that have caused a lot of um, controversy so uh on to upcoming itc events per usual there is a just a shit ton of them this weekend uh for 40k we've got again events all around the world we did we do have our second itc event in mexico now cool two in brazil we have them in malaysia yeah uh, it's crazy there's one in venezuela mm-hmm. uh it's la guardia de goblin if I, yeah. I think i said that correctly it's the Goblin Guardian or something mm-hmm. like that. It's I was like, dude, this is awesome. <laughs> uh, really couple, cool. A couple in Australia this weekend. Yeah. Canada. So there's, cool. There's actually one today in Australia. Ooh. Oh, and I, I got to give a shout out. This is insane. So uh, uh, CanCon is like, uh, to my knowledge, it's like the, one of the biggest events in Canada or Canada, Australia. Mm-hmm. I think it is the biggest. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But... Uh, they have the biggest Age of Sigmar championships in the world, which is insane because Cairns is in the northern part of Australia, mm-hmm. mile like hours away from anything else, mm-hmm. and it's sold out in like days or or like a week or something like right. that. And it's like two hundred and some odd uh, Age of Sigmar players, and wow. as I understand it, it's like the biggest in uh, the world. So if you want to get a lot of ITC points, and their forty k championships event is massive as well, right? So congratulations to them. That's super impressive. Um, and if, as, I, if I remember correctly, um, fantasy was always really big in Australia as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and they've got some really cool narratives going on. It's a really interesting. There's some rivalries and stuff. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. So check that out. The the Aussie um, uh, competitive 40k AOS scene is really strong, uh, considering that they really don't have. There's more people in California than in Australia. But that means just their wargaming percentage is higher. It's higher. There's a lot yeah, of people playing. A lot of nerds. Yeah, a lot of nerds. A lot of drunken nerds. <laughs> Smelly. Yeah. Former convicts, you can't really expect yeah, much. Exactly. You know what I'm we love, we I had, love a, I had to put a jab in, but we, we love you. So check it out. And one of the really cool things that we've worked out, super excited, is the, uh, the Australian 40K ITC champion. Uh, we're pitching in with some of the, the teams there. And uh, and frontline gaming, and we're going to help pay to get the winner of the 40k IT, uh, Australian ITC to the LVO uh, 2020 because CanCon oh, cool. is right about the same time as the LVO, so it's mm-hmm. really the it's really convenient timing. Mm-hmm. So they wrap up their season pretty much at the same time, and then as a grand prize, we're going to help get that player over to Vegas for the next year to mm-hmm. represent their country. Very cool. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Really exciting and. Anybody out there who is a community leader in a different region and you'd be interested in setting something like this up, reach out to me because we love this kind of thing. It's it's exciting and fun. It is. Yeah. yeah. 
So it, we're, it's going to be a big deal. We can't wait to see who, who comes out on top. That's going to be exciting. Uh, but yeah, tons of events. We've got two GTs, the Bel Air Crucible of Winter GT in uh, Maryland mm -hmm. and a Cutthroat Christmas 40K GT. I love that name. Mm -hmm. And that's in uh, Hobbytown, Westminster in Colorado. Very cool. Plus, we have uh, we have a couple Age of Sigma events rounding out the end of the year. Uh, check out those and grab your uh, points. Got uh, quite a few in Pennsylvania, which is pretty cool. 40K ITC competitive track, top five current. Nick Nanavati continues to lead the pack. It's going to be pretty hard to displace him at this point. Uh, not enough big events. Mm -hmm. But, of course, the LVO generates so many points, it's bananas. Yep. So it's still anybody's game. Uh, although, obviously, these players have positioned themselves the best. Mike Porter of the UK sitting in second place. Trent Northington still in third. Matt Root in fourth. And Nick Rose in fifth. Where did Andrew Gagneau come from? He did really well in the event <laughs> recently and just skyrocketed <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. He's just... And then his name's in all in caps too. So yeah, he was. Really... He and I were laughing yeah. about that. He's like, I didn't mean for it to be all capitalized, but <laughs> here we go. And he has displaced our local champ, Brandon Grant. Oh, uh, Brandon. Yep. My heart breaks. Uh, 40k ITC Hobby Track Top Five. Matthew Bodnarchuk continues to lead the pack, followed by Scott Rumpel, who has moved up into second place. Michael Ralston in third. James Kelling in fourth. A bunch of new names, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. And then Lou Rollins has moved into fifth. Yeah. Place. Again, please send us images of your armies so we can take a look. Make sure it's a good picture, though, because if it's a cell phone camera in a dark room with a flash on, yeah, it, it's going to make your army look terrible. Yeah. Uh, there's a great uh, article on taking miniatures pictures on the Warhammer community site. Mm -hmm. Go Google it. You don't need anything fancy. Yeah. Right. If you can just get a tripod for your uh, iPhone, that's all you need. Mm -hmm. That's literally or all you need. Hand. I mean, two, any for any phone. Yeah. Piece of white paper. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. Uh, Age of Sigmar, uh, competitive track, top five. Joe Cryer continues to lead the pack. The French overlord, Jeremy Vessier, has, on up. like Napoleon, come out of nowhere. Just marching. Into second place. With only four events. Yes. Mm. Well, Joe is the only one with five, right? So yeah. the, I, the LVO is going to dramatically change. So, Joe, you're winning by default. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I do that a lot. Doable. Uh, Matthew Pashby of our paint uh, studio mm -hmm. is in third place. Well done. James Thomas in fourth, and Bill Souza Bill has Sousa. jumped into fifth place. He's also the captain of the AOS. ETC These forty K names are just starting to there's creep a lot. on up. There's a lot of forty K well known players. Age of Sigmar guys, get up your game. Well, I mean, uh, Alex Gonzalez is uh, right. he's full blast on Age of Sigmar, and he's mm -hmm. in eighth place. So uh, you know, pajama you got, pants is now. Yep, he's playing. Pajama pants. Um, uh, a lot of well-known 40k players have, have gone over to Age of Sigmar. Mm -hmm. It's a great game. It's fun. Yeah, I mean, that's good for the hobby as well. It is. Yeah. Ben Moly is a full blast AOS. He has been for a couple of years, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, your Age of Sigmar ITC hobby track, top five. We've got Sid Singh currently in first place, followed by Philip Verduzco, Josh Lara in third, Ben Nelson in fourth, Joseph Halifacker in fifth. Well done. Can't wait to see these beautiful armies at the LVO. Yeah, especially Age of Sigmar armies. Yeah, they're... I'm not going to lie. I mean, I've said it before, but the Age of Sigmar side of the ta of the hall usually is the better looking. It is. Uh, in terms of armies. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes... And the miniatures do lend too. to it too. Though. <laughs> Fantasy miniatures do lend to these beautiful well, the, the new Age of Sigmar miniatures are just yeah. spectacular. Yeah. They're the best miniatures in the world, in my opinion, yeah. is the new, the new Age of Sigmar stuff. It's just so good. Uh, Shadespire, current top five. Mike Horse continues to lead, followed by Andrew Everhart, 
Adam Brazil. That's like uh, Blanca mm-hmm. from Street Fighter. Uh, he's jumped into third place. Well done. Brandon Ulick moves into fourth. Matt Everhart bumped down into fifth. Ooh, Everharts. Come on. And uh, we do have, we're pushing 50 for Shadespire at the LVO. Nice. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to shake things up significantly. Very exciting. So yep. uh, tactics corner topic of the day. We decided to uh, kind of jump in and dig into chapter proof and vigilance and how it's impacting some of our lists. Mm-hmm. But before we did that, I did, we, did, we have to do a little bit of a, uh, you know what really grinds my gears segment. Sure, we can do that first. We gotta do a little rant here. Sure, uh, let's do it. Be- because the, the, reaction, the reaction to chapter proved has been predominantly very positive. Vigilus has been pr- almost all positive. Uh, but some of the whiny babies and the malcontent attitude towards chapter proof is hilarious. Are you going to name names? No, of course not. That's not what we're about here. But, uh, oh my gosh. Like, I always knew that whining and complaining was a big part of 40K. Mm -hmm. But I have never... I have never in my life expected to see a book that lowered the points for most of the bad units and war gear in the game Mm -hmm. be met by by anger by some people. I, I was like... This is the most first world bullshit yeah. I've ever seen in my life. It is hilarious. Like I've some of the highlight reel of the complaints that I've seen. Uh, I've seen multiple people like one piece of war gear didn't get lowered, so I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? There's yeah. hundreds of things got touched. Yeah. And then the one like. One war gear item didn't go to where you want it, so you think it's a failure as a book. I'm right. like, okay. Or one of my all-time, one of my favorites was, I was happy at first because a lot of my units got reduced in price, mm-hmm. but then I saw how much everyone else got reduced, and now I don't like it. I'm like, right, because you're you're gonna see <laughs> what you're gonna be like, because everyone's gonna have their own opinion. But it, on all I, of this stuff. I'm right? just like, you You wanted chapter approved to only lower your faction's points? Correct. That's the most selfish bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah, but that's how we are, though. I mean, everybody is so invested in themselves in this hobby. Not everybody, oh. but for the most part. Where you don't... you Everything is taken as as an affront to yourself. It, like, I play... Shocking. I play Eldar. And how, how could you not lower these points? I feel, as a player, that they should have been this many points because of my knowledge. Um, but look at what you did for Tau. That was too many points. Now they're going to destroy me. It's all very self-centric. And it, it, it really is bad for the hobby because it's, I mean, like, overall, I feel, and again, I'm fairly removed from a lot of this stuff. I don't follow it on the, the our forums. You're not, you're not ranty enough. You really got to dig in here. I man. don't, because I only heard about this this morning. I thought people were happy about this. Yeah, when you don't, you don't, you I know, don't, I'm not as involved as the rest of you guys are. You're not waiting through the shit like I do every day. Right. And so it's really funny. But everything that I've seen in Chapter Truth, and I have gone through it, looks like it's fantastic for the hobby. I mean, like most factions got fantastic point reductions, right? On things that needed them after like a lot of debate, you know, with, with people who know what they're doing and talking about. And like it or not, people who know probably more than you do what they're talking about. I just, I don't really get it. Again, I'm so far removed from that whole community. Like, I don't do the forums. I don't just, do the the websites. I don't do... And you're better off for it. Right. Like, you're going to enjoy your hobby more, generally speaking, because yeah. the internet is a lot of whining and complaining. But there's also a lot of good information that gets shared. But it's right. just, it's it's hilarious, right? Mm-hmm. 
uh, like Tag Eight Eight Three Three brings up in Carmine Blades. One of the is that like, something from Blood, Blood it's Angels? A, it's a weapon on the Sanguinary Guard. And okay. Then, uh, how many top? How many top Sanguinary Guard lists have we seen? It doesn't. It's irrelevant. <laughs> like, this is the point. Blood right. Angels got like I, I don't know off the top of my head. Let's call it fifty points reductions. Right. The missed one. I hate it. Right. And I'm like. This is like the most definitive example of pessimism but, and seeing the glass half empty right. that I've ever and I seen. Don't, I don't mean, I don't want to pick on tag 8833 in that like, who cares about Encarmine Blades? Well, obviously the, these people do, but it's just right. like, and I get it. And it's totally fair. It's totally fair to go like, oh, this sucks. This looks like this got missed. Right. Yeah, you're right. But then to go on some like two paragraph rant on your Facebook group about how it's a failure. Right. Because they missed one thing is so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it's really, it, I was laughing. Some right. of the other ridiculous ones I saw was like, people went in and added up the points of every item in the codex, every single item, yeah, and then took the points reductions and then go, the army only went down an average of this many points. It's a failure. And I'm like, when was the last time you played a game where you took every single item and every single unit once? Mm -hmm. Never, ever. That's the most meaningless thing I've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> It's so funny. So, um, you know, everyone's welcome to have their opinion, but I would challenge people to uh, take a step back, mm -hmm. take a look at it. The really overperforming, the really strong units either went up in points or they stayed the same. Mm -hmm. The underperforming units, maybe not all of them, maybe not to your satisfaction, which is totally fine. It's totally fine to feel like it didn't go far enough or it went too far, mm -hmm. right? But, but, but take a step back look at it and go, wow, all these units that were underperforming mm -hmm. have gone down in points relative to the baseline, which was the, the, the commonly taken or overperforming right. units, relative to those, which are usually the majority of the meta, mm -hmm. you all got better. Instead of trying to like backbite your neighbor, like, oh, I can't believe other people got points reductions too. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. This is nothing but a positive. So, right. uh, and I don't, really know how, funny. I don't know how many people, the things that I do pay attention to, are the comments that I hear from people saying, oh, wow, now I can take these things off the shelf. Yeah, it's you know, so, I can dust off this unit. Exactly. I, we're going to see so much more variety now Hopefully, when yeah. we already had a lot of variety, yeah. right? Again, I, I like to use the SoCal Open as my reference because that was the big tournament that I saw recently. <laughs> where there's so many different lists and every, almost every single list, there was something unique and different about it from the guy next to him, even if it was the same faction, that's only going to increase. Yeah, because of this, it's only going to increace. Yeah. And when we go over our list, I will I'll show you. I'll point it out specifically what I'm doing differently yeah. that I would not have done last week or taken. We, uh, Ghost Valley says chapter proof was a failure because Mephiston should have been completely invulnerable. True. Yes, he indeed. should, and he should have been ten points. You know. Um, oh, the other funny thing too was, uh, and I'll never make this mistake again. Like people were like, "Oh, how come some how come some factions weren't in chapter proof?" I was like, "Oh, it's because the timing." Mm -hmm. of when it was written versus when those were written and when it got published and stuff. Right. It just didn't work out, right? Like, it takes time to make these. And people are like, you're lying. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, people need to realize that a lot. these books like, never, these books are written never even gonna a long time. Explaining this again. A long time it. before some things happen. And it varies, right? Like, it's, and it doesn't always, there's not always a direct correlation to when it's written to when it gets published, right? right? Like, it's not like every single time something's get written precisely you know, X amount of months later, that is when it gets published. Mm -hmm. There's a million variables in, involved. So, um, Servitor's five points only, but there is a limit to how many you can take, I believe. Who can, yeah, Servitor. I'm just saying, like, there's, yeah, it's not, it's go, not an infinite number. Go for it. Take your Servitors, right? Like, that'd be fun to play against. Yeah. 
Justin Kimple, yeah, like even I don't like everything in it. Yeah. Like Coltis <laughs> went up to five points. I didn't that like that. That was Riccio. Yeah. Riccio got that one in. Son of a bitch. But the thing is, like, I'm not like the, the hobby is not ruined for me, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like that stinks, I'll adjust. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, rant over. Um yeah. please take this in the nature that it was meant. It's right. not an attack. It's just a it's like let's let's kind of just take a step back and laugh a little bit mm-hmm. that there are people that are literally upset that their faction went down in points. Just think about that for one second right. and realize how absurd it is. Looking for a way to find a negative in that. Mm-hmm. Mind boggling. Well, I'll just leave it at this. Yesterday we were seriously talking about a Ultramarines Terminator list. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could do it. Seri- that was an actual serious discussion in, in the I office yesterday, I, which I, we would not have had two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Are you going to go win a major event? Probably not. However, I think you could actually really make it work for fun and and win more games than you lose. I think that'd be a blast. Catch a lot of people on the back foot. You'd be like, what is that? Because your first weapon in that is that they're like, you brought 30 Terminators, noob. And then you're like, it's like when you go against those Blood Angel lists that are like 13 Dreadnoughts. You're like, oh, Uh, what do I do? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. so at any rate, uh, I hope you all after, uh, for those of you who are upset, please take the rant. It, it was a joke. It's not, I'm not, no one's trying to attack you or anything like that, yeah. but maybe take a step back and realize that uh, units and war gear that, that are now more appealing is only good for the game. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't matter. I think uh, it's fan. I mean, this I'm is a great change. And I, I mean, we'll talk about it when we go through our lists, but yeah. yeah. So uh, at any rate, to try and make a, a try and make a good example of what we're talking about, um, and again, mm-hmm. the real key is to go in and rewrite your list mm-hmm. with chapter approved. That's when you get kind of the big picture, yeah. right? When people get focused on like, oh, Tacom Marines didn't go down in points. I'm mm-hmm. like, they didn't, and you know, my guess would be uh, that that's because GW their IP comes first, mm-hmm. and. Space Marines playing as a horde army wouldn't match the IP. Right. So that's not really, perhaps, maybe that was not an option. Mm-hmm. So look at other things, like your, your war gear got cheaper, the other units got cheaper. Mm-hmm. So relatively speaking, within the context of their army, they got a little bit more appealing. I'm not going to lie, I, I don't even take tactical Marines, and, and I love Space Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because, you know, the MEQ stat line just isn't where it should be, in my opinion. But right. um, look, look at it holistically, <clears throat> look at it as a big picture. So that's why we're going to do this exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason, you, uh, you've you so, been playing a pretty cool list, and then why don't you go over why you changed it? So this will be a little different than what you're going to be talking about, because I think you literally just changed the point costs on I, your list, right? I played the exact same list okay. with change points. So I kind of rewrote my list to go along with not only uh, the Vigilus book that just came out. We talked about this on Monday. Um, there's, a real, there's a couple really cool um, detachments yep. that I wanted to take with this. So I, I used that as my framework. But it just so happened that a lot of these units that are I brought into my list not only go along with the the detachments in Vigilus for the guard, um, but have also had dramatic point decreases right. where I would not have even thought to take them. I would, there's no way, way I would have taken some of these things. Um, so if you guys, I'm not sure if they can see this or not. If not, you go to the uh, yeah Mariana threw it up. Mariana has it up. Okay. So and again, if guys, it says some of these point costs are off. Let me know. I, it should be pretty correct, but I wrote it pretty quick this morning. Um, but first of all, we start with my normal. Uh, detachment. This is the workhorse of the list. It's, how we, let's not sugarcoat it, right? This is the uh, the Agrax Earthshade of the. Uh, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I like that. Of the that 40k nice. universe. Yeah. We have a Knight Castellan and two uh, Worklaves. Now the the Worklaves actually a lot of people give me flack for that. Yeah, I see a lot of use people take them. the Helverins. They do. I do. I'm with you. I like the. They're Warlaves. good in close combat. Yep. I use them as a pack. They go together everywhere, so they're supporting each other. And if you hit 
if you roll pretty hot with those uh, those dice for the thermal spears, you are going to mess some stuff up. They have an extremely long range. Half the distance, you're, you're double melted. I, I, I'm with you, but right. then I always like to find ways to use units that are maybe the less popular version. Yeah. The Helverns are amazing, but the one thing I really like about Warglaves is that they're excellent also for taking objectives. They're fast. They're 14-inch yeah. movement. If someone's got like a scout squad <clears throat> holding an objective, the Warglave is going to get there. He's going to kill the scout. eight attacks. Yeah. I mean, like, so they, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Warglave, but they have two different attack profiles, but they can do damage to anybody. I've had Demon Princes charge in where the guy, like, I've caught people, like, by surprise. Yeah. They're like, what? Yeah. I, I'm with you. Strength, I, I was like it strength uh, like 14 or 12? It's double the I can't remember off double the top strength. Of my head, yeah. Anyways, so that's my that's my the workhorse there. You know, like going of course House Raven. Um, and then here's where things kind of got switched up. Um, I'm taking a Kadishin battalion, and the reason I'm doing that with this list is because I'm taking um, the the Vigilus. Uh, um, what is it called? It's oh, the armored. It's, it's the, the armored, armored fist. Spearhead or something like that. The spearhead. It's the old so, armored fist like list, right? So we have infantry squads with flamers in chimeras with double heavy flamers. This is something I've never done, and the chimera has got such a dramatic point decrease, uh, as well as the heavy flamer got a, a point decrease as well. It's the Emperor's Blade Assault Company. That's right. So this is what this is, and here I, I brought Yerick, which also he also got a very significant point decrease, like almost like man, twenty five to thirty percent. He oh yeah, down. he went down a ton. So he, he was him. already really good. And with the prevalence of orcs, especially right now with our league going on, there's a lot of players that are taking orcs because they're really, really good. Yarek was already great. Now with the point decrease, now what he does with the six-inch bubble, allowing full rerolls, it's amazing. You know. Yeah, it's almost like too good. And again, yeah. and again, even though I would have known, okay, Yarek was is great, especially in our meta with a lot of people are taking orcs. Um, and just in general, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of orcs around. But he's also his late. He, his points went ones. down. So what, yeah. so that was almost now, okay, I'm going to take Yarek, yeah. right? Which I would not have done in the past. We have a company commander, four infantry squads with flamers, chimeras, double heavy flamers. Again, this is goes into conjunction with uh, the, the Kaddish and special rules with heavy flamers, which are fantastic. But also the Vigilist book. Now it gives me some cool stratagems I can use with this detachment. Well, then also the Katachan special order, which most people don't even know what it does because you don't right. see it. No. I, I use it all the time. But uh, you issue an order on a unit, they get to reroll the number of shots with their flamer, and then you take away cover from the unit they shoot for the rest of the turn mm -hmm. for everybody else. It's extremely And flamers useful. went down in points as well. They did. They did. Not, not a lot, but a point. And, so heavy, hey, and heavy flamers. And heavy too. flamers went down. Yeah, and the Chimera went down a ton too. It did. Again, Chimeras went down a significant Yeah point decrease. Yep. Uh, and then I rounded off with a couple uh, mortar squads just for some bubble wrap, but also Kaddish and mortar squads are really good. Well, then you'd be remiss not to mention the fact that in that detachment, you can choose to overwatch with a Chimera for an infantry squad. Mm -hmm. uh, so if the infantry squads get out, you bring um, the Chimera, they somebody all, charges you, you're overwatching with their Flamer and double heavy Flamers. And you get to reroll the number of shots on the heavy Flamers. Yep. So uh, it won't always One come them, up, yeah. but no, with both. You get to reroll for all Oh, even weapons. if it's on the same vehicle? Yeah. Nice. Yes. It's, in, it's really good. Even better. Yeah. So there we go. So that's that. And then the other one I took um, was the another Katachin, uh, a spearhead uh, detachment, again from Vigilus Defiant, um, which is the uh, their artillery. Sea Emperor's um, Wrath Artillery yeah. Company. Yeah, and this is a, a company commander with a wyvern, a hydra, and a basilisk, again, taking advantage of Katachin's special rules. Um, now, to be talking about points here, though, of all of the three, hydras went down significantly because people just weren't using them. As we all know, hydras are very specialized. Um, but the wyverns went up, which I feel is fair. Well, they, they went up last year. Right, from 2017. That was 2017 okay. change. Yeah. That I missed. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so again, 
I'm very happy with these point changes. I can finally take, I've always loved chimeras, but they were just too many points. I was like, why wouldn't I take a Torox? Yeah. Right. Or just more infantry. Exactly. Yeah. So very happy, very happy with the Vigilant Defiant. Again, I, these attachments are not free. I'll be using CP to take them. Um, but then you could double shoot uh, Wyvern. Right. The high, so here's the trick, That's everyone. You take, you take a Hydra because of the, the spearhead or the, what is it? The, um, the armored or uh, it's the suppression suppression so you barrage, you, you use that as your suppression vehicle for one cp anywhere within 20 uh, 48 inches um which is the longest range of its weapon on the table without line of sight uh you get the special strategy which against. that might that might have been an oversight maybe but we'll see as of right now that's as of right now that's how it works and then hydras yeah. i think are good in general too so well no i don't think if that, somebody has if someone has flyers they're exactly. good when you can use them to pop that stratagem mm -hmm. and just suppressing fire then oh you actually have a flyer cool yeah uh but then you could double shoot wyverns you could take away the cover with the other other units yep the wyvern uh with the eric's sitting around too if you're playing orcs if you're playing orcs basically you're like how many hordes you got yeah you have guillemin level firepower yeah. And then otherwise, he still gives them reroll once to hit and then reroll wounds. Which is not and bad. You, you can shoot 8d6 shots. Mm -hmm. The Basilisk obviously re is really good. Rerolling yeah. one of the dice is for yeah. Catagen. So again, um, I was very happy with the point decrease. I think off the top of my head, it's it's over the savings in points that I made was probably around 125 points. If not more. If not right. more. But that's just a, a quick, I was just looking yeah. at it really quick, a quick in my head savings. Because I, I was already taking the Basilisk and the Wyvern and the, the list that I took to the London Grand Tournament was a 430-person tournament. I went undefeated. Mm -hmm. I had a Basilisk and a Wyvern in it, and they did work every single game. And I know, you know, conventional wisdom online, people will say, like, just take, yeah. more, uh, take more mortars. Mortars yeah. are really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, the Wyvern and the Basilisk for me, because you can also, there's also the aerial spotters. Yeah. Uh, stratagem that lets you twin link. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> I always found those two to be really, really effective. Mm -hmm. The wyvern with the reroll failed wound rolls. Um, now there's a warlord trait that you can make. You can give it a uh, storm of fire in that spearhead, so that every unmodified wound roll of a six is an additional AP. Oof. And I think it's wound roll. I don't think it's hit. I'll double check. Is but, that the um, warlord trait? Yeah, it's the warlord trait. Gotcha. And uh, but again, you have to use CP for that. Um, right. The warlord trait you can just make him a warlord, or you can pay spend one CP to give a character that. That would be what you'd have to do. Yeah. Well, for me, guys, I run for if you're if you're wondering, my warlord is the Castlin because I like to give him all the upgrades, um, and I don't want to pay the CP to do it because he's a Castlin. Yeah. So it's each. Uh, so the the warlord trait, Lord of Ordnance, you could just spend one CP, put it on the company commander who's hanging out with them. Yeah. Uh, each time you have a, a wound roll of a six plus, it gets an additional AP. So with a wyvern rerolling failed wound rolls, mm -hmm. and then shooting twice, possibly. Rerolling ones are all misses. Yeah, that's if he's your warlord, though. And then you could take away cover with the other units. All of a sudden, like even space marines in cover are like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, this is this is scary. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're you're having the movement of a unit. My one suggestion to you with this list is that mm -hmm. you don't have any screen, which is bad. I don't, but again, um, like we were talking about earlier. Um, the guard squads can start on the table. They don't I, have to start. I would recommend, and I know people will, will flame me for this, but I don't care because mm -hmm. I use them every game and every game they're amazing for me. Mm -hmm. I would recommend throwing in one, uh, dropping one of the mechanized units and taking a unit of 30 conscripts. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know there's people rolling their eyes. I don't give a shit because yeah. they're great. And then if you, you probably have enough points to slip in one Psyker, mm -hmm. uh, the unit of 30 conscripts is your bubble wrap. Mm -hmm. If you have Yarrick nearby, their leadership nine. Uh, if they're Catachans, now their leadership 10. Mm -hmm. uh, really useful. 
And then you can throw on a psychic buff uh, to increase their save, make them harder to hit. Mm -hmm. You can use take cover on them and they're a really good screen unit. Mm -hmm. um, you just have those guys go sit on an objective, advance in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. I use them every single game. Every single game they're good. Yeah. I also combo it with the um, Praetor sometimes to give them a five up invul save, which nice. you can further modify. Um, really, they're really good. Yeah. And then uh, well, re-rolling ones to hit. Um, uh, there's all kinds of combos mm -hmm. that you could get into in there if you wanted to, but uh, I, I would recommend that. Or if you want, um, just take a couple of units of Catachans naked on foot, mm -hmm. like everybody else does. Start linking them up, mm -hmm. uh, which works really well too. But uh, starting out with a unit of 30 is really useful because you get three times as much mileage out of each buff. Mm. So yeah. um, that would be my friendly advice. Okay. Because uh, then it will, anything that can charge you turn one would be bad news bears for you. Mm -hmm. This gives you a defense against that. <clears throat> so cool. I like okay. it. Yeah. I like it. Uh, so then I, I've got, I, I had trouble deciding which list I wanted to show off because so many of my lists have really benefited from chapter proved again that's because i tend to take units that most people don't take uh so my ar my army's really benefited from it but that's more of a style thing and again also like jason said if i got any of the points wrong on here don't you know don't freak out uh sometimes we just make mistakes i, I should they should be right so this is the eandian army i've been playing you guys can go back and see video battle reports on our youtube channel if you're interested I was doing fairly well with them. I took it to a tournament um, earlier in the edition and um, I actually played Pablo's Guillemin Gunline with the Wraith Knight and all this crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I beat him when you know everyone was swearing that the Wraith Knight was just garbage. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it was too expensive. Um, Pablo just in the background rolling his eyes saying I got lucky. I did get some luck, but uh, the Wraith Knight in cover was actually, was actually really durable. He's very good and now he's even better. So uh, this is an Eandin uh, army. Um, I, my points dropped so much that I was able to take the exact same army plus eight Wraith Blades. Wow. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like a giant, a really good unit. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. there you go. Uh, so uh, if you scroll up a little bit, we'll just go through it really quick. Mm -hmm. um, I got a Farseer Skyrunner. Uh, Skyrunner. He has the Cytronome of Eandin. And um, I'm 99% certain that he can take that. It's not only a Spirits here, but let me double check uh, in case I did get that wrong. Don't want everybody screaming at me. Somebody would tell you. Mariana, do we have that list up? Yeah. Yeah, anybody can use it. Uh, so the Cytronome mm -hmm. is ridiculous. It's so good. Once per game, the bearer uh, gets to pop the Cytronome. And uh, this is like nothing new, of course, but a lot of people miss it because everyone plays a lay talk. Uh, once uh, during the battle at the start of the fight phase, you can declare that this unit is using a Cytronome. If you do so for the rest of the fight phase, the attacks characteristic of all friendly and in Wraith Construct units within six inches are doubled. Mm. That's insane. Nice. Um, however, at the end of the fight phase, uh, each unit that did it takes D3 mortal wounds, which is no big deal. Uh, Wraith Knight went down significantly in points. Wraith Lords went down significantly in points. Um, and then, of course, I'm using the Wraith Host um, <clears throat> uh, Specialist Attachment. And um, what that does is that you can, uh, for a CP, let me pull it open so I don't misquote it. Where are you? Bear with me really quickly. So for one CP, you make them... Uh, all of these uh, Spirit Seers, Wraith Constructs, 
uh, get the Wraith host uh, keyword. The first one, Wake the Dead, uh, use this stratagem at the start of the fight phase. Pick a Wraith host, uh, Wraith construct unit from your army, add one to their attack characteristic of the model. I think you're already seeing where I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. So you add one, uh, you, get, you get even more attacks, right? So your Wraith blades uh, in the fight phase get an extra attack. Uh, or your knight, which translates into three extra kicks, uh, and then you could pop the cytronome to double. So you're you're getting even more mileage out of it, and all of a sudden you go up to like absurd numbers of attacks. Mm -hmm. It's really crazy. Um, the other one, spirit shield for a two CP, you can give a unit a four up invul save. Um, from, if they're near a Spirit Seer, which is really good for the uh, Wraith Blades and for the Wraith Knight, obviously. It's good for anybody. Um, the um, the Warlord trait, uh, you can reroll charge rolls for Wraith Host, Wraith Constructs within sixes of your Warlord. It's obviously super good if you choose to use it, because you can take it and another Warlord trait if you want. Um, and then there's another uh, Psychic Power. It's a Warp Charge 6. Check a, uh, pick a Wraith Host unit within 18 inches, and uh, the account is being in cover. Obviously, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. You can uh, also give a minus one to be hit. And um, then there's a specialist uh, warp staff for a spirit here, which is, it's okay. Um, so, I mean, that's that's my list is yep. dramatic reduction in points. These are units that you weren't seeing a lot of. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is where you're really gonna feel the impact of chapter approved because uh, now this list is dramatically more viable. Am I gonna go in you know, Adepticon with this? Maybe, maybe not, mm -hmm. I mean, it'd still be challenging, but it's way more viable than it was. Yeah. And that's the exciting part, right? Mm -hmm. So like the way I play the army, it's really fun. There's a bunch of guardians who, who with the Ayandin trait are really good because they, they can only ever take one casualty. So I run around getting objectives with them and then the Wraith constructs run up. They're getting psychic buffs. And then you when on that critical turn, when you pop the Cytronome, it's, it's <laughs> so ridiculous. You're like, okay, my Wraith Knight has like 20-something attacks. And people are like, excuse me? Yeah. You're like, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> uh, and then the Wraith Lords, too. They get they get really, really strong. Mm -hmm. um, and I just run them with Shuriken Cannons. They just run around just blasting people. It's fun. Uh, so, again, am I trying to say that this is like the greatest list in the world? No. But yeah. this is a list I like to play mm -hmm. that gets a lot of benefit out of um, the new stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and I would encourage people to go and reassess their lists like this holistically instead of just getting you know laser beam focused on one thing that they like or don't like right um and then i think you'll get kind of a bigger a better picture of how the game is changing yeah yeah i think everyone here at least has been talking about the point changes yeah it's yep. super exciting mm -hmm. and it's cool too especially like we've had a lot of people actually like um like we've had numerous people actually just buy some admech stuff they're like oh my gosh because you start seeing the combos mm -hmm. and they're like oh i've always wanted to do Admech, one of our own teammates is going to bring Admech to LVO now. So it's like, to me, that's proof. Chapter proof is doing what it was supposed to do, which is increase diversity and mm -hmm. make units more appealing that we're not. Yeah. That's a win. That's a super win. Um, but let's move on and talk about some of the commissions we've recently completed in the FLG yeah. studio. So, so why don't you read this quote? Because that's always nice when we get this kind of a It is. You know, so if you guys get a commission done, it is nice to hear a follow-up from you guys, which is really cool. But uh, this morning, we got a, a. it was nice. I came in and got an email from somebody uh, who had a, a large group of Chaos Cultists done to our tournament standard, which is the lowest level we offer. Um, and uh, it says, I want to let you know they got the Cultists last week. I'm very happy with them. They look great. Um, it was the bottom tier. I thought I might have to do additional work on them, but they look better than what I can do on my own. So now I just need to do the bases. Thanks again. Uh, and this guy, it was extremely affordable, very quick turnaround time. 
Um, and yeah, there's a picture of them there with the cultists. Um, there was a lot more that were done. This was a very big commission of all cultists. The guy, um, hopefully is happy with the point increase on him, but, uh, anyway, he's happy with the paint job. That's all that matters. So our tournament standard, if you don't know, is, is just, you know, four to five colors, you know, we'll throw on some, uh, shading with washes. If you want it done, this, this client did want that done. Um, and it's, it looks great. I mean, it's, yeah. it's as good as what I think most people would do on their own, if not better. And it's very affordable. Extremely affordable. Quickly. Yep. And, uh, and our artists love doing them because it's just it's nice, clean base coats. And again, if you want washes, we'll throw those on there. Yeah. Um, so hit us up for tournament standard, man. And it goes pretty quick. It's a really, really good yeah. value. And for things like cultists, no one is going to be going and examining yeah. every little cultist. Or your orcs or, or your, your guard yeah. or anything big. Now, we don't offer it for everything, um, you know, like characters, stuff like that. Those need a little bit more time and attention. Um, but for your big mass units, that's where you want to go, 100%. Yeah. And then you, you could always come back and do some more detail work yourself or send exactly. them back to us and have them brought up another level, which mm -hmm. we're happy to do. Yeah. Uh, it's just a really good deal. It is. And it looks great on the tabletop. Mm -hmm. Like at close examination, it's not going to win a painting award, right. but that's not the point. Nope. It looks great as an army. Exactly. Uh, and then let's see. Next, we have some, there's a uh, Menoth. So uh, we've been getting a lot more War Machine Hordes commissions lately. I'm not sure what it is. That, game, air, is, but it's... that game is bouncing back. They went through right. a tough time. And as I've yeah. been told, is that they're starting to see more and more people playing Good. the game. Yeah. Good. So these are, I believe, Temple Guard is the name of these. Um, these are some pretty close-up pictures. But this is Tabletop Plus. You can see um, layered highlights. Every part of the model is painted. It just looks fantastic. I mean, the banner really yeah. pops. Um, this client is a local of ours. He's very happy with it. He, he's, he's a guy where um, every couple months he gets more and more done. And I think he might he must have the entire men offline at this point. But uh, that's something that we do offer. If you wanted to get your entire army painted, we don't have to do it all at once. You can just send us batches and we'll just keep giving to the same artist over and over and over again. Um, we also have another, here's another War Machine Hordes one. Um, this, this client just wanted a couple miniatures painted from each of his factions. I think these are all mercenaries. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not super familiar. Uh, but again, this is Tabletop Plus, and you're, what you're seeing is, um, you know, layered base coats, all parts of the model painted, um, level two basing here, so we have two materials. These came out fantastic. Client's very happy. I really love this Yvrain. She came out really, really well. Yeah, Tabletop Plus, but this is skirting the line. This is yeah. like, so just a caveat, this client got the whole um, triumvirate of Aeneid painted, um, but just the avatar was in Masterclass, but it was the same artist that painted his uh the rest of the tri uh, triumvirate which was tabletop plus so you can see a lot of work went into this and this he had to like dial himself down a little bit <laughs> but it's, it's just amazing it's, it's so beautifully yeah. planted yeah. uh this client had uh, his own idea on what the paint scheme should be he didn't want to just look like the box um yeah i mean it, it speaks for itself if you guys are looking at it i don't even know what to say about it and if you're listening use your imagination it looks come on over beautiful to and check it out it'll be in the portfolio and then these nights every single one of them's a home run yep couple nights here uh each one was done by the same artist uh these were all tabletop plus um strictly speaking nights we, we generally don't do in less than tabletop plus just because of the complexity of the models if you do want something done in a little bit less detail let us know and we'll think about it but um yeah, just to make them look good, you really got to put extra work into them because they're yeah. so big. But it's and they worth take it. some time, it you knows. know. But like, yeah, these all look fantastic. I mean, decals on point, man, everything. They're gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, this was actually. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. It's Matt Pashby did this one, so he's one of our artists. Good job, Matt. Yeah, because I want to give accolades when I can. So he did a really good job on these. So if you guys want your knights painted, and we have a couple guys that just hit home runs on the knights. You yeah, know, obviously they're the hotness right now, and they will be for some time. Um, but we love painting them, so hit us up. 
Well, let's jump in and answer some questions as we close out the show. Yeah. Um, were there any points changes <clears throat> on Lehman Russ's Pogman? Yes, the Lehman Russ commanders oh. went down in points. Um, That's oh, actually pretty good. How many attacks do Wraith Blades with Swords get on the charge? Uh, with the Vigilist, uh, Kate Ash says, so typically speaking, and I, I will verify, but take this as, you know, relatively accurate. Uh, when you modify a stat, and you, you do that and then you multiply. It's mm -hmm. The book makes it seem like it's the other way around. But for example, if you give plus one strength to your characteristic and then you have a power fist, mm -hmm. uh, for a space screen, you'd be strength 10, not nine. And I know it's always been confusing, but that is the way it was told to me by the person that wrote the dang rule. Yeah, plus one doubled. So when you modify the characteristic, um, you do that and then you apply whatever else. I know it seems confusing and I will go verify that, but take that as um, like, you know, 90, probably 90% more accurate. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you you would get even more mileage out of the Citronome. It's, it's insane. <laughs> they turn into blenders. It's really fun. Uh, can I say if there will be an errata for chapter approved? Um, I can't. Uh, no, it's not going to go back and, and add in codexes that weren't covered. That's not that's not going to happen. Um, that, that that's not that's not the point mm -hmm. of it. Besides, I don't think any of those books really need any changes personally. I mean, the Castle and maybe could have gone up a little bit, but uh, the data is already showing that the changes to the way that command points. Uh, work is that the castlings have gone have been toned down significantly mm -hmm. um they are they are provably observably not as as winning as they were they're still extremely good mm -hmm. but in my mind that's a good that's a good nerf yeah you're going to use your cp really quickly yep. within a couple turns and yeah. that's gone and then it's gone yeah. and they're still good but then there's so many points tied up in, in those knights yeah know? uh geekmaster k says uh I heard Necrons got points drops for characters, Immortals, Praetorians. Um, yeah, they got a lot more than that. But the big ones for them is Immortals got down, went down two points with the War Gear. Um, and that means you save 10 points per five-man unit and the characters went down. So the takeaway there, in my opinion, as a Necron player, is that it's easier to get um, uh, command points. Like if you want to sneak in a battalion, it's a lot more affordable. You say it's, it costs you way less points. Um, is that going to make Necrons top tier? Probably not, but it's certainly helping. Um, the other ones, Praetorians went down, Wraiths went down, uh, Command Barges went down, Ghost Arcs went down, Doomsday Arcs went down, Monolith went down, uh, the Tesseract Vault went up, uh, but when you're seeing an army of three of them, that means yeah. probably under overperforming. That was a silly army anyway. Um, do you know if Thunderwolf, Cav, Storm Shields are now... Two points. I don't think so. I think that was a space marine change, but let me mm -hmm. let me check. We got to be careful because we're gonna get sucked into these. Yeah, I know. What's for this point? point? What's that yeah. point? We don't want to get too much into. You that. guys only have to wait a few more days. Listen to chapter approved too. Uh, the last episode we went into the nitty gritty. Pablo goes through each weapon. No, he does not. Bolt pistol. I saw no a review. Changes. I saw a review online where the guy literally went through every single change. I was like, you just sat there and talked. That is most boring. No, that'd be cool. You sit there like in front of a fire mm -hmm. and share and just read it. Storm Shields, mm -hmm. Space Wolves, other models, two points. There, there you go. Hey-o. There you go. Uh, was there any change? Oh, my God. Okay, guys, we're not going to go answer every yeah. single points change Sorry, question. Sorry, guys. You only have to wait like three more days or two more days, yeah. really, if you ordered from your local game store. They should have a Friday. We're already at our time limit. That yeah. would add an hour onto the show. I have, I'm sorry if that's disappointing, but there's just too many yeah. points change questions. Uh, I know you're all dying to know, uh, so I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a tease, but... Uh, 
Um, yeah, there, there was some point changes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at any rate, thank you all so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed episode 619 of Signals from the Frontline. Again, mm-hmm. the show brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org. You can get all your goodies, such as chapter approved and vigilist. You can pick right. them up at a discount in our web cart, which is store.frontlinegaming.org. Uh, free shipping op- options within the United States of America, continental United States. Sorry, Alaska and Hawaii and territories. Mm. Your international shipping. Ugh. Yeah. It, it just, we just can't do it. Yep. Uh, sorry about that. Can't do it. But uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And remember, uh, we may have teased you about uh, pulling a chicken little because ironically your points for your units went down and you're somehow upset about that mm-hmm. but uh take it in the spirit that it was given we're just ribbing you a little bit mm-hmm. and hopefully you can see that uh this should be very positive for the game in general indeed yeah i feel that way thanks and we shall talk to you next week bye guys hey everybody reese is here with a very special interview for signals from the front line and with me today are zach becker who is the head TO of the LGT, the London Grand Tournament, and Mr. Mike Porter, who is one of the UK's uh, top players and currently number two in the ITC and also the top general from the LGT last year, which was one of the biggest events uh, in the world. It was uh, the second biggest, to my knowledge, that has occurred for a singles event. Uh, How are you guys doing? Yeah, very well, thanks. Absolutely awesome, Paul. Well, it's good to have you both, and today we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, first, on the docket, we're going to talk about the new and improved London Grand Tournament. Uh, Zach, uh, the LGT was the second biggest uh, singles event in the world, again, to my knowledge, and uh, that was quite the feat, uh, but it had a couple hurdles uh, logistically, and I know you, you've been working really hard to uh, overcome some of the setbacks that you had, and to uh, make it the premier event in not only the UK, really, but in uh, one of the premier events in the world. So uh, first of all, where can people find out more information about the LGT? Well, um, we have a website, which is uh, lgtpresents.co.uk, but we're also quite active on on Facebook, which is um, just the London Grand Tournament. but obviously, as you know, as you pointed out, we had a, quite a few hurdles to overcome, and we've been we've been putting up some information on our Facebook um, that basically summarizes, you know, what went wrong last year and um, what we're doing to to fix those problems for this year. So, if you like, I can, I can sort of run you through, give you the crib notes on 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 what we've been uh, putting out there, if you like. Please do. Sure. So, um, as as probably anyone that's got a Facebook account and follows 40k noticed, um, we had some issues with terrain and. And with table layouts and that sort of stuff this year, um, and we've we've basically rebuilt the event from the ground up with you know a brand new venue. It's much much larger and more conventional in terms of being able to have you know rows and rows of tables in a linear format. So we've got uh, you know minimum of six foot between all the tables this year, which really helps for the um, you know, player comfort and having some space for people to to get around. Um, we've partnered with TT Combat, who are you know, one of the, the premium European MDF manufacturers uh, for laser cut terrain, and they have uh, designed us some scratch-built uh, functional terrain that meets our, our sort of GT requirements, but also looks really good. So we're sort of trying to outsource um, the things that we got wrong this year um, to companies that do it for a living. And my job is instead of you know, leading the charge and actually 
doing little bits and bobs. It's more now making sure that different people um, and experts in their areas um, can you know pull together and, and make the LGT this year, you know, a hell of a lot better than it was, um, you know, back in May, because obviously you know we don't want to repeat the, the same mistakes we made last year. Yeah, and uh, like uh, Zach, you were actually crashing at my my pad a couple weeks ago, and. Like we went out for some beers and we were chatting about it and um, it was a, just a in my from my opinion I was there and I played and, and I had a good time. Um, it's a case of just like growing a little too fast and uh, as I had said and when we were talking is we did the we we made the same mistake in our third uh, our third year of the BAO we grew too quickly the tables were too close together uh, we didn't quite have enough terrain the uh, the registration took too long. So we've been there, and uh, it's it's a uh, it's unfortunate when it happens. You just got to own it, which you guys are doing, and I have a lot of respect for that. And then learn from your mistakes and move on, because what else can you do? But I understand how exciting it gets when you see those registration numbers ticking up, and it kind of carries you away a little bit. Um, but then you know you learn from your mistakes and you take a step back and reassess. So uh, I'm sure everyone's happy to hear. Uh, that that, that that is what's occurring. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about this terrain? Because I know that was kind of like the number one issue from uh, this year's LGT. And you showed me some pictures and the new terrain looks absolutely awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, we, we really took a lead from, from uh, my experiences going to Nova. I was, I was absolutely blown away by how well um, the Nova tournament is sort of run as a as a gaming experience so what we did was sort of take a lead from mike's approach to you know very functional terrain so that it works perfectly for 8th edition 40k um and use that to create a brief and, and handed that to tt combat and they they started designing some stuff so it's effectively like you know two big line of sight blocking ruins in the center of the table with some hills in each deployment zone and then some small line of sight blocking ruins uh in each deployment zone as well with some area terrain sort of area terrain for sort of filling the gaps in between but we've um, outlined in the pack exactly how big the dimensions are, exactly what the you know terrain layout is going to be, and and how the terrain is to be played in relation to the rules from the rulebook. So anyone that that, that downloads the pack um, from our website can see exactly what not only the terrain is going to look like because we've included pictures of exactly what it will be like so that people can you know see that we've made huge strides towards creating aesthetic boards as well as functional boards but they can also you know build the terrain themselves at home and practice because i think a lot of the competitive people you know they want to be able to you know play games at home that will really simulate how they'll be played at the uh, the lgt itself yeah that's great and again i've uh, seen the pictures the terrain looks awesome and as you noted, it's very similar to the Nova terrain in regards to the basic dimensions. Uh, but, and this is meant with no disrespect at all to the to the Nova event, which I agree is one of the best events to go and play at. It's a blast and they do an amazing job. But aesthetically, you've, you've taken a step forward with it, uh, in my opinion. Um, it's it's really, really good looking terrain. And uh, I think it's great that uh, that you've got a company doing it that's just specialized in exactly that. And it, it's being painted well, too. It, it's going to look really, really good with every table um, set up to that effect. But then uh, in our conversation, you had also told me that uh, you're taking strides to address um, not only the, the table layout where it's you're in like a big sports stadium, it looks like, um, but also registration. And you're taking advantage of one of a uh, West Coast Pairing's new features where players can self-check in. Did you want to talk about that a little bit uh, further? 
yeah, um, you know, obviously probably wasn't as visible from the sort of social media coverage, but for the actual attendees last year, I think, you know, once they got past the first half hour of their game, they didn't mind the terrain as much as I think people who were sitting at home commenting on it were. But they really, the thing that people bothered people a lot was, you know, having to queue for registration in the morning. So what we've done is sort of completely got rid of on the morning registration and we're doing all a couple of days in advance of the event. So we'll have a big uh, sort of, four-day period where people can check in or whatever to into the app so they self-register and then we'll be you know following up with a couple of people if they forget to but we'll also be doing the round one draw a couple of days in advance of the event so people will be able to you know chat you know chat chat uh smack talk to each other and there'll be a you know a, a social media coverage of the of the first round draw as well so we hope that it will not only you know get rid of any need to queue in the morning because people go straight from their car in the car park because there's free car parking at the, at the venue, but they'll walk straight through the front doors, straight to their table and they can get playing straight away, which is excellent. Um, and, you know, they've got two or three days in advance to, you know, really go through the lists and see who they're playing and, you know, make a game plan. So I think people really enjoy that um, both from a, you know, logistical perspective for, for the event running smoothly, but also from a, you know, 40 K uh, community perspective, I think it'll be a great uh, social media resource for everyone. Yeah, it's always fun to start doing the pregame of like, ooh, who am I playing? And then, of course, on, on BCP, you, know, you upload your list in advance and uh, you can kind of start, uh, you know, metagaming a little bit like, oh, if, I, if he does this, I'll do that or, or he or she. Um, and uh, that, that's always a ton of fun. Plus, people can go look and uh, any of the, the players whose name they recognize, like Mike, um, who won, who was best general at the LGT last year, the highest, he had a perfect battle score, if I remember correctly. Um, you can go, well, what's Mike playing? And you can go check it out. And, uh, and that's a ton of fun. So I think that that'll be, uh, that'll be really enjoyable. Uh, and, and Mike, uh, from your perspective as a player who was at the first LGT, uh, how do you feel about some of these changes that you're hearing about coming into the, the next LGT? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, for me, the the only issue I had with the with the LGT was the um, the, the space between the tables uh, and the, the the lack of access to drinks. Um, but um, as far as the, the scenery goes, from a purely gaming perspective, um, it was nice to it was nice to see the layout before you even went into the tournament. You knew what the tables were going to look like, and the tables, the tournament, and the scenery for me was practical. Um, and I kind of knew what I was going to do, so I, I built my list around it. Um, but, you know, chatting to a few guys who've been over to the American tournaments, Nova seems to be the benchmark for, for scenery, um, and the fact that um, Zach's taken that as a bit of a guideline, uh, it, it, it's all it, it's all good. Um, as, long as, as long as you know what you, you're coming up, and when you, when you put your models down the table, as long as you know what you're going to be playing on, uh, for, from a purely tournament perspective, that's that, that's what I'd be looking for. So, so it sounds good. Yeah, and I was there too and playing, and, and I, I do, have to, do have to say that while the terrain was aesthetically not where I think everybody was hoping it would be, it was very functional, um, and the, it provided a really fair gaming experience uh, when you were playing. So. Taking that and then taking the strengths, but then shoring up the weaknesses, I agree, it's going to help a ton. And having a little bit more space between tables is going to make it a, a, a more enjoyable experience. Because yeah. once we started playing, like every, I do have to, I do have to say that uh, I don't know if my experience is normal 
or if I just got lucky, but like every single person I played, uh, and I played all British players, except I played Andrew Gagneau, which is hilarious, <laughs> um, at the LGT. And he's a friend of mine, a really good American player, but, um, everyone I played was a gentleman, including Andrew. Uh, uh I don't know if it's just a, a cultural thing for the gaming scene there in the UK, but, uh, once the games got going, I, I, I really can't speak highly enough to the quality of the character of all the people I played. Um, I mean, I'm sure you have yeah. your, jerk, your jerks here and there, but generally speaking, I found the British players to be extremely polite and fun to play against. So uh, that that part of it was great for anybody who's considering traveling to the LGT yeah, the, from the States. The, 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 Brit- the British tournament scene is absolutely fantastic. It's full of great players um, who just love the game. And I, I can honestly count on on one hand out of out of a couple of hundred games I've played in tournaments now how many bad games I've had. So the, the vast majority of people are absolutely sound. I, I have to agree, and my experience is obviously much more limited than yours. But that that reflects my my experience exactly. Uh, it's just really really good sports and a lot of fun to play. Uh, and Mike, since we're talking about it, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about your performance? Last year, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you have a perfect battle score? Um, I did. Thanks for mentioning that, Reese. Um, so yeah, so I, um, I I went into the tournament on on the back of a couple of good wins, but with a, a very different list to the one that I took. Um, you know, I, I was using a, a plague burst crawler heavy list, and it was very defensive and ground out results. And I was going into the event taking it as a the list that I took, which is a, a Custodes biker base list, was a very much a, a fast, quick, aggressive army, um, and I, I was very, um, I wasn't, I wasn't particularly optimistic, but I, I knew I'd, I'd possibly get four wins if, on a on a good weekend. Um, so the the games that I played, uh, I knew the mission pack really well. I'd looked at that in detail. I knew exactly what you had to do to win the missions. I'd, I'd played ETC style missions for a good few years, um, and the, the games that I played, um, there was probably two that were heavily in my favour, and and sort of I didn't need to put too much effort in. But there was three games where. The, the knowledge of the mission pack and uh, knowing the terrain and using that terrain was um, kind of made the difference between what would have been a, a 16-4, a 15-5 ETC style score to a 20-0 because the, the, the people I played against didn't didn't know the mission pack too well um, or, you know, whatnot. But it, it was... It was the fact that I played ETC for a while, that was, it was a massive help to me. Yeah, and you really can't, uh, having a 100 out of 100 battle score kind of speaks for itself. And uh, I thought your list was really cool too, you, like you mentioned. And uh, I did notice the difference in the meta in the UK as opposed, uh, especially the West Coast. The West Coast is actually really different than the rest of the United States. But I don't know if it's all the, the wheatgrass that we're drinking in the <clears throat> sunshine or mm-hmm. what, but... We have a really, really diverse meta, and I noticed that um, in the in the UK, and I would attribute that um, as an outside observer to the to the kind of ETC influence, is that you took you see a lot of lists that were kind of all or nothing. It was like I'm either yeah. gonna I, I go I, I triple down on one thing, like with the Custodes, it's a uh, resilience, speed, and hitting power, but you don't have a lot of models, and uh, it's like I'm either gonna make a good draw or not. 
Uh, and I notice a lot of that in, in the UK uh, meta where you, you, you kind of just kind of go all in on one thing. Like um, uh, at that time, there was a lot of lists that had like you know, a shit ton of nerglings or plague bearers or, or, and they just yeah. play pure defense. Yeah, and you you would you would grind out a result, and and even with a bad matchup, if you if you took a list that that was you know that that Nurgan list that I played against, um, the classic example, it just it, it literally killed what ten twenty percent of your opponent's army, but it just ground out scores. It scored cards, it scored end game objectives, it gave up very few kill points, and in those mission packs, it, it was absolutely ideal. Um, and I think that's very much a, if you look at the ETC style, if it's based around a, a team system where your list is either designed to completely obliterate somebody 20 nil, or it's designed to grind out between five and 10 points in a bad matchup. Uh, and every list was like that. Um, and, and a lot of, you know, you're looking at a, what, 400, 450 for, for LGT. Yeah, last year we sold uh, for 40 tickets, and I think we had about 400 turn up day one and 370 or something finished. This year, it's going to be a little smaller, um, just to make sure that it's it's more manageable. Um, so we'll probably end up with about 400, I think. But we've sold well over half already in the first couple of days. So I think we're at about 270 or something at the moment. That's yeah. That, that you're you're playing five games here, Zach. Yeah, it's five games. We've changed the formats very slightly, so it's still a zero to twenty um, fundamental. But the um, the rankings are going to be done um, in win loss. So you'll have say ten people that all finish on five wins, um, but then they'll be differentiated. We're using their twenty nil uh, etc style scores, and then we're going to be doing first, second, third for overall general. But we'll also be doing best general for people on four wins and best general for people on three wins. So if you're turning up to day two and you've lost all three games on day one, if you still score, you know, maximum points on day two, you, you can win best general for the people in the bracket of people who've won two games. So it's fundamentally going to be the same, but it gets around the problem of people that were on five wins, but finished like 50th, like yourself, Reece. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'd finish like 16th now, but the top 10 ultimately aren't really going to be affected because the top 10 last year, I think eight of them won five wins. And so they would all still be ranked the same. Mike, you still would have won the best general. It wouldn't make any differences to the top three at all. Um, but it's a bit fairer for people that finish, you know, say 10 to 50th um, or 100th to 200th. They, they sort of come in a, a better place. And it also allows us to, you know, to give out more prizes for, for people with differing results that still perform well in, in, in within their level of scalability or in their level of sort of list power as well. So I think it's a, a better system for larger events. Um, and once you get above, you know, a hundred players, you really have to start thinking about how you're doing, you know, the ranking to make it more enjoyable for everyone that's coming. Yeah. And no, I think that's a great, a great idea. Cause as you noted, I was one of the people that went undefeated at the LGT and all my games were really close. And uh, I ended up in like 48th place, which that's not something that, as you noted, Zach, comes up very often in an event that doesn't have a ton of people because it, 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 it just doesn't pop up. Like mathematically, it's not really relevant. But um, when you the, the more the event scales up, the more you start to get these kind of like weird, a person that goes three and two is ranking above somebody that's undefeated, which feels strange. Uh, depending on your perspective. So I, I think that that's really positive, not only because it would have impacted myself. I just think structurally that's a, a really good way to go about doing it. And then 
further incentivizing people who have may have lost a game or two to continue to play and compete and go and giving them a, an objective to play for a goal to play for, I think is a great idea to keep people to retain your attendance for the next day. Um, it's all things that make it just more enjoyable for the attendee uh, to, to get more out of the experience because, you know, there's only one Mike Porter that's going to go undefeated with a perfect score. And then there's a 400 other people that don't, but they want something that they can gun for as well. So I think that's a great idea. And speaking of uh, uh, good performance, Mike, you're currently ranked second in the ITC. And yeah, well done, dude. And uh, that a lot of that is because the LGT uh, is an ITC scoring event and it's the second biggest after the, the LVO itself. So that, that kind of victory catapulted you, catapulted you up. And then in our conversations, um, it, it kind of incentivized you or it gave you another reason to go out and try and hunt some more points. And uh, you've been doing really well at that. And as I understand it, you're coming to the LVO, correct? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I um I I've been following sort of the the American events for five six years and just listening to uh, podcasts and watching live streams and 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 looking on a little bit enviously at your two three four hundred player events and and thinking wow this this would be amazing to be involved with um, and and over here in England we've got some fantastic events over here but they tend to be around about the 100 player mark um, and they they never previously been ITC scoring events. So I've looked at the ITC and thought, wow, that would be amazing. However, it's probably something I'll never be involved in um, other than to pinch the occasional list. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but you know, it's it, since um, a, a couple of years ago, um, it, it started to filter over. Uh, there'd be a, a, the odd event, but it would tend to be a little bit out of my reach. Uh, and it, it was it was the LGT uh, that I went to uh, the earlier this year, um, and I, I and I went completely from a gaming perspective, I thought, oh, this is, I can't miss out on this, you know, 400 players, this is such a great opportunity. Um, I, I didn't even think of ITC points. Uh, and it was only after winning that, um, I, I got back home, celebrated with the missus, you know, a little a little glass of Prosecco. She was very appreciative after my <laughs> weekend away, playing toy soldiers and all the rest of it. Um and I started getting messages off uh, people who I'd, I'd sort of met briefly at tournaments and they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, mate, you, you might be up in the ITC rankings. I was like, nah, mate, nah, there's not, there's not a chance here. Um, and then, funnily enough, I went to, I went to a cracking event um, at a, a local gaming store in Southport uh, run by Martin McNeil. Uh, it was the Northwest Open. And, and I took a list there that I'd, I'd found out about um, via a lovely guy called Manny Chima. And he'd done a little online gaming video. And I thought, oh, I've seen your list. I like the look of that. Yeah, I'm going to pinch it. I took that to Southport, won at Southport. And then again, I was getting all these messages. Oh, yeah, you know, ITC points, mate. You'll be up there. I'd be like, nah, don't behave yourself, behave yourself. Um, and then I, I, was, I was messaging your man, uh, Frankie. I was like, oh, I've got these points. Um, I, I kind of think I might be up there, but, you know, um, 
can you can you update the the ranking system? And then a week or two later, I was I was number one. Yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, which was an you know absolutely incredible. I thought oh, I'm number one in the world. You know, tell the kids, tell the <laughs> tell the little kids. So like, oh, yeah, guess what? Daddy's number one. And they were like, well, number one at what? <laughs> so um, so anyway, um, so yeah, so it's that, that was absolutely fantastic. I was you know again. Lots of people in the community were, were contacting me saying, oh, you know, this is a great achievement, mate. You should be really proud. And I was like, well, yeah, I really am, but I'm not quite sure how it all works. So I'd started to have a little look at the at your Frontline Gaming website and looking at all the how the points work and, um, you know, how the, the, the scorings work. And I was like, oh, so it's top five games, three of which can be local tournaments, and you've got to have two at it. I, and, and and honestly, I, I was completely hooked by it all. I thought, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. I am a, a very competitive person. I have a big sporting background. And I thought, right, my knees can't, my knees can't handle running around a football pitch scoring goals anymore. So this is all about playing the old uh, the old gaming system on the, on the board game. And I thought, this is it. Um, so that was it. I was hooked. Completely hooked. Went to as many tournaments as possible. Won a few little one dayers. Um, uh, posted well in in big GTs. Um, but but looking at my scores now, if it wasn't for the LGT um, and the the two hundred odd two hundred and fifty odd points I got there, I would be absolutely nowhere near it. And it's it's just great that in in this country we've got access to something. That allows us to compete with the rest of the world instead of, you know, winning the odd game here or there and maybe finishing top hundred, maybe thinking about, oh, I'll be the best player in England or maybe Europe. Now all of a sudden, four hundred and fifty player event, you've got a chance of of becoming top five. So, yeah, it was all good. That's that's awesome. Like I love to hear that story because that's the. That's the whole reason why we, we made it is to encourage, well, the, it was really, it came about from years ago and I won't tell the whole story, but um, especially in the dark days of sixth and seventh edition, when there was people leaving, uh, we wanted yeah. to give an incentive to keep playing and then it just kind of took off and we wanted to help people feel empowered to run events. And we really wanted to help encourage players to go travel to play because it's so much fun and to get excited and to hear that that's exactly what it's done for you is that's like spot on exactly what we were trying to do. Um, and now we've got uh, more and more players traveling even internationally to go to events. And I think it's, it's wonderful. And uh, I'm super excited for you and I wish you the best. You're um, you're right there. You just got to top Nick Nonavati, who's, which is no easy feat, but um, <laughs> it's, you're right there. And, and, and the LVO is currently at the, the 40 K champs it's, just over 800 people so it's uh it's going to be a wide open event um and i I think that's wonderful and and i hope that it works the other way and i know it i know it will but anybody out there who's hunting points the lgt is going to be the second biggest score that you can get after the lvo so if you're uh considering going uh definitely if you if you've got the means and the time to do it uh you should do it because you're going to throw up a huge score just by showing up and uh, and I think it's great that uh, that Zach and his crew have taken the big risk that it is running one of these events, often a thankless task, 
and uh, even after having kind of a, step, a setback, is getting back in the game because the UK deserves a giant, awesome event. You're the, the birthplace of the game that we all love. So I, I think that that's I think that's awesome. And then for those of you in the UK listening, uh, ITC events are going bananas. There you can find them all over the place now in the UK, and I think that's great. Um, and for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, you don't have to run our format. You can run an ETC style event if that's what you prefer. It's no big deal. We don't care. Uh, and we just look at the final rankings to determine points. So uh, you you can kind of do do what you want to do, and you can still. Uh, participate in the global community of, of competitive gamers who are having fun. Uh, so, Mike, that's awesome, dude. And I wish you I wish you success. I can't wait to, to meet you in person. I didn't have a chance to meet you at the LGT, but I was hearing about you because you were kicking everybody's ass. So, yeah, man. We'll have a beer in Vegas. I'll... Go ahead, buddy. We'll have a beer in Vegas. Indeed. Yeah, I, I never say no to a, a beer. <laughs> You're buying them. <laughs> yeah, Wilson. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. I, I remember that. And uh, and Zach, I know you often come and play, um, and I know you're 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 traveling all over the place this year. I hope to see you there. If not, no big deal. But um, uh, Zach is quite an accomplished competitive player himself. Uh, and then one thing I did want to mention too, uh, before we wrapped up, is that we we kind of took a page out of the LGT's book. Uh, this year for the LVO, we're um, requiring list submissions, and uh, that information should be out in the next 10 days about, you know, when and, and how. And uh, looking at, when I went to the LGT, we had to put our list in the ETC style format, and then you posted a Google Doc live, and everybody could see everybody else's list. I thought it was awesome. And it was, once you kind of get over the, the hump of figuring out how to do it, it's really actually pretty easy I saw how how genius it was because your whole list fits basically on one page. You, you only have to have a word processor to do it. And uh, Best Coast Pairings has now written a script, a spider, a computer program that will read the list. And if it's in the correct format, it will pull out from that, um, you know, what, what units people are bringing, what factions people are playing. And it will give us access to some incredible stats that are going to be really informative and, and really cool to see trends and to see what factions really are over or underperforming. So um, thank you for exposing some of us to that, because those of us who hadn't played in the ETC, which are only a, you know, a handful of Americans every year, we're unfamiliar with it. And I think it's a really good format. And that's something that, that's been now uh, built into the, to the BCEP um, uh, suite of, of, of offerings. So that's going to be really, really cool to see. Uh, and are, are you going to be able to make it to the uh, LVO this year, bud? Me? Uh, I hope to. I hope to. Um, I haven't got a ticket yet, but I'm sure if I am available, um, you can probably sort me out, right? So, um, yeah, I'll, uh, if I can make it, hopefully me, me, me and Mike will be playing in the final. We did. A, we had a game, what was it, two years ago, Mike, at the Warhammer First GT? Yeah, mate, yeah, yeah. Good times. Good think, morning. I, I think we were both very, very hungover. To the point where I think I had bottom term with an elder jet bike list and I forgot that I had bottom turn. So I went on to objectives on turn four and then Mike just charged me and killed me on turn five. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't play. Don't play 40K uh, hungover um, is, is the, the lesson if you're playing for the win on the day two. So, um, yeah, hopefully uh, I'll see <laughs> that is really yeah. sound advice. That's an easy way to do perform better. <laughs> yeah, be sober, you'll win. 
Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, before we wrap it up, Zach, why don't we uh, plug the uh, uh, event site and dates one more time, if you don't Yeah, so the LGT in 2019 will be in September. It's a two-day event on the 14th and 15th of September. There's a second sort of standalone tournament on the on the Friday, on the 13th, which is much more social, and you know everyone's everyone's got a beer in their hand while they're playing, so that's good fun. If you can come down on the Friday, that's definitely worth doing. Uh, you can get tickets on the website, which is www.lgtpresents.co.uk, or check us out on Facebook, which is the London Grand Tournament. Awesome. And then as you all heard, the uh, the LGT 40K Champs event is already more than 50% sold out in just a couple of days, which is great uh, for the event organizers. It alleviates a lot of the stress and financial worries that you're faced with when you're running one of these events. But it also means as an, a potential attendee, you should grab your ticket sooner than later if you plan on going. And if you're not playing 40K, if you play some other games, there is quite a selection of other types of games to participate in at the event. So uh, that's awesome. We're going to try and make it uh, this year again, if, if at all possible. Uh, it is a long trip for us, but um, uh, I had a lot of fun last year and just hanging out with uh, people um, that I've talked to online or I've, I've read about or I've seen them performing well in the, in the community. And it was cool just to go out and have a beer and hang out, which is always the best part of going to an event is the people. Uh, so good luck uh, to you, Zach. And, and, and uh, it's great to see that you're owning um, some of the setbacks from this year and, and making uh, strides to improve. And uh, Mike, uh, I look forward to meeting you in person and uh, best of luck to you. Uh, it's exciting. You're, you're in the hunt to win it all. So that's, uh, that's going to be really cool to see how you do uh, at the LVO. Cheers, man. I'll uh, look forward to seeing you. And Zach, good luck, bro. Um, and uh, enjoy your travels while you're abroad. And uh, I, I am sure that the LGT is going to be the best uh the best year yet this year so i wish you success thank you very much well boys it's been a pleasure speaking to you and i hope that we all talk soon until next time uh, i hope you enjoyed this interview and we will catch you next wednesday for the next episode of signals from the front line cheers bye yeah, man. <laughs>